You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three is The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Ben Wagner, the voice of the Blue Jays on the Sportsnet radio network. We're also, we're also asking you on the text line, 960-960, how invested are you in the Toronto Blue Jays? 960-960, name and location. But first, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline from the NHL on Sportsnet, we say good morning to David Amber. Hey, David, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, David, uh, you're a guy who uh, you work out, you, you take care of yourself. I wanted to, wanted to get your thoughts on the Boomstick Burger um, from Texas, uh, the Texas Rangers. Uh, here it is. It's a two-foot burger, David, topped with chili, cheese, jalapenos, and onion rings, and it's thirty-four ninety-nine. If if you're on a cheat day, how much of that burger could you put home? <laughs> well, that sounds very reasonable. Uh, everything's bigger in Texas, basically, yep, right? Uh, absolutely. Oh my God. First of all, the price does sound reasonable considering <laughs> you're eating like six cows. But yeah, <laughs> um, yes, I don't know that that's. That's extreme, isn't it? I mean, does it come with a defibrillator? I don't know how this works. Uh, I eat, I eat, I eat what I want. I don't really deny myself, but I'm. Con- I would never do that. I don't think I could do that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I get through. I don't know, three, four bites, and I probably feel pretty sick. I, I like. I, I like it. Sounds horrible. Um, uh, we asked this to. We had Brent Cron on uh, yesterday. Calgary Flames legend Brent Cron. I asked him about the nine 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 challenge. You know what that is? A nine 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 challenge. No, what is that? The nine 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 challenge is nine beers, nine hot dogs, nine innings at a baseball game. <laughs> how wow, far? That's pretty cool. How far could David Amber go on that challenge? I'm not a big hot dog guy, so that would be a problem. I certainly, when I was younger, nine beer. I don't think I'd have a problem crushing nine <laughs> beers, especially before the uh, before the pitch count. Right pitch count, guys. I think we could have gone even even harder. I have a feeling. I don't know, but I'll tell you one story. So back in uh, university, I I went to school in Montreal, and Pizza Hut did this (laughs) Mondays, all you could eat for like eight ninety nine, and they did it from four p.m. to I think seven p.m. Yeah. So you know we wouldn't eat all day, and we're students, and we went in there at four p.m. and and. We just started eating. I was there with like three of my roommates and, you know, we're just sitting there and we're eating and, you know, pizza, Hut pizza, it's not thin. It's like thick. They butter the crust. <laughs> yep. I, uh, and they're small pieces, but I had 32 slices that day <laughs> oh and there were, and then we, we worked on it and, you know, I was a bit bigger back then and anyways, whatever it was. It was. I had four mediums <laughs> over the course of that time there. We went nuts, yeah. And I remember this, and I couldn't. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't a good night that night. But anyhow, um, <laughs> it was the things you do when you're 21 years old, right? Man, and yeah, David. David, like that again. That hat tip to you uh, for crushing four medium pizzas. Did they have the dessert pizza on the buffet at the time? No, they were, they kept it simple. I think it was it was like all dressed, you know, pepperoni, mushroom, uh, green pepper, and and pepperoni or cheese. So it was one of those three options. But I tried to work out, you know, I was basically I was like, oh my god, I must have eaten like a full loaf of bread or like more than that, and probably like a couple of bricks of cheese. It was it's pretty gross when you think about it. But we were just we were kind of competing against one another, and I won that day. But I, I think I was the real loser the next day. I know, you know that's... what I'm saying. They must have been like, oh no, not these guys again. The amount of the amount of pies you guys were crushing. 
It was it was pretty impressive, but I couldn't do that now. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I love it. Um, who on the panel could? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, it's not Bieksa because he's he's Mister Healthy Eating, right? No, Bieksa's kind of a freak. He I don't see him. I mean, that's a lot. When it, are we talking beer here? Or are we talking pizza here? I don't know. The nine 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 challenge. Yeah, who's the most likely the to be able to go challenge. through it? Yeah. We've got some contenders. You know, I think Stewie, if you put his mind to it, Stewie oh, talks yeah. about how he would, you know, how he yeah. would like tip the scales at 265. And then Paul Maurice is like, you better be in here at 240. And he'd be like, oh, shoot. And he'd be like in, in the sauna wearing garbage bags and all his equipment and trying to swim it down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sammy yeah, Cos? Oh, Cos. Yeah. How did I forget about Cos? Sammy, I think, could do it. He's got, he likes his beer. And uh, I think he, he would be okay. You know, Elliot, you know, a while back, I'd say Elliot could be right up there. Yeah. Uh, he could throw it back a little bit. I don't know. Sometimes it's the guys you least think, right? Kobayashi or whatever. You've seen that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Guy. Like 150 pounds. He's just some sort of weird freak, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. And I wouldn't, I don't want to see this happen, but I, we've got a few contenders for sure. Yeah. Um, especially with the baseball season uh, opening day today, everyone's excited uh, for baseball season. Mm-hmm. Um, David, I've been uh, Mr. Uh, Positive Pete, optimistic Owen, wh- whatever stupid thing you want to call it about the Calgary flames. Only two points back here. Uh, Winnipeg jets. I get it. Uh, they got a game in hand. That's fine. But what are your thoughts on the flames getting into the playoffs here? Cause I feel like uh, this is more about the jets folding than maybe the flames seizing it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the narrative here, right? Like, it's it's shocking to me. About three weeks ago, I started to really dig in on the math. And, you know, the Flames at the time had, whatever, 15 games left. And I said, okay, they've got to get to 98 points. It's going to take 98 points probably to make the playoffs. And it's moved. Like, that line has moved. And it's by, by pure, you know, relation to the fact that the Jets, you know, Nashville, Calgary have all sort of sputtered down the finish line. And... You know, one of these three teams is probably going to heat up and, and will earn their way in, I guess you could say. But it, it, I wouldn't call it a backdoor way in. But bottom line is those three teams, look at their records over the last, you know, month. And it's been, it's been very unimpressive. And now we're looking probably more at, you know, 94, 95 points. And that makes, you know, it's only a few points difference, but it makes a world of difference. Like, you know, the Flames have seven games left. If they, if they run the table, they get to 97. I would, you know, if they get to 97, you know, if they're on the table, they're going to be in the playoffs. It's not going to take more than 97 points. And quite frankly, they might go 5-1-1 one, and one and make the playoffs. That's how it's been uh, with these three teams. So I think you've read it perfectly right. It is, you know, the Flames, yes, that was a great win against the Kings. And yes, they've had some good performances, some hard, you know, hard losses and some good, some good wins in the last few weeks. But there's just been, you know, we can just go and pick out, like, you know, losses, whether it was Anaheim or Arizona or whatever, there's just been so many nights where it's like, okay, well, this is a, this is two points the Flames have to have, and they didn't get them. And, um, and then you're just watching Winnipeg, you know, implode might be the wrong word, but they don't look anything like the team in the first 45 games. I remember sitting on set, you know, with Elliot, with Stewie, with all our analysts, and we're talking about who's the best team in Canada. This is in November. This is in early December. And it was like, maybe the Leafs. Maybe the Oilers, maybe the Jets. The Jets were in that conversation for the first half of the season. You know, they might be Canada's best bet to bring the Stanley Cup home. And then you see what's happened in the last 30 games. It's, it's pretty inexplicable. And, 
you know, Rick Bonus is searching for answers, calling out his team, and, and we'll see what the response is. But they have sputtered badly, and, and that's essentially created what's become a pretty cool playoff race for the last two weeks. Now, last year, there was the, the infamous Daryl Sutter quote, waste of eight days if you're the eighth seed in the Western Conference. The eighth seed is a wild card in the West this year. It doesn't seem as daunting with the way that the top of the West is kind of laid out. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd say it's almost it's upside down. I mean, no one wants Colorado, right? I don't care if Colorado's the number one overall seed or the, the second wild card. I mean, do you want to take Colorado in the first round? Do you want to face that yeah. team and, and the prospects of Landeskog coming back? I mean, no one does, right? Um, I mean, if you look at it right now, that win by Minnesota last night was really, really pivotal, not just because of home ice and all that, but it's really just how far can we stay away from Colorado? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's that's the fear of that is probably what's, what's pushing them. You know, that win gave them a little bit of a buffer. I mean, Colorado certainly can still catch Minnesota as can Dallas, but as it stands right now, you have Dallas and Colorado in the first round. It's exactly as you put it, like Dallas, Colorado playoff matchup, that could be the Western conference final and no one would bat an eye, but it, but it could be a first round elimination. And same with LA Edmonton. I mean, I'm really, really, really excited for the prospects of what could be in these two, three matchups, right? The, the Devils and the Rangers, the Leafs and the Lightning, that looks almost locked in, uh, those two Eastern Conference ones. And then Dallas, Colorado, and L.A. Edmonton, my goodness. I mean, those would be four incredible matchups, which speaks to what the salary cap era was supposed to be in the NHL, and that's parity. And, you know, we're going to have 10, 12 teams who legitimately go into the Stanley Cup playoffs thinking we could win the Cup. You know, no. like you can make an argument for yeah. 10 or 12 teams like, oh, yeah, I can see them. You know, can they win four rounds of playoffs? OK, yeah, I can see it. And and all those teams I just mentioned are part of that group. It's it's wild to watch. And we can still see so much movement in these last two weeks of the regular season, like maybe specifically the West. Is there like a, uh, a David Amber's wish list as far as a series that you would love to see in the first round with these West teams that are in the hunt? Well, maybe the most stealth move. Um, in the postseason was, or in, in, at the trade deadline, sorry, was the, the Vegas Golden Knights. And I didn't think much of it at the time, but, you know, them acquiring Jonathan Quick, uh, you know, sets up the possibility of having the ultimate grudge match. I mean, we saw how despondent Quick was when he was traded to Columbus, you know, unbeknownst to him, you know, Rob Lake didn't give him any heads up. This guy's going to have a statue outside, you know, the crypto.com arena in a, in a couple of years when he retires. And he just sort of was sent on his way after bringing the team two cups. Now you have the prospect of Vegas with Jonathan Quick versus L.A. To me, that would be just incredible theater. It'd be incredibly compelling. And, you know, you have Edmonton. They still have a legit shot to win that division. They have some work to do. And they would, you know, they probably might have to run the table. But they've gone, I think, 9-1-1 and in their last 11 games. They've been very impressive. Um, so that, to me, would be really, really a fun series to keep an eye on. Vegas versus LA and the whole Jonathan Quick, you know, scenario playing out. David Amber from the NHL on Sportsnet joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, um, the fan. I, I asked this question about uh, the Oilers and their expectations. Like, how, what would be a good season for the Edmonton Oilers, David? Of course, outside of winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, they got all the way to the conference final last year and, and got swept by a very, very good Colorado team. I, I mean, 
I, you know, I can't speak for them. I mean, if you talk to Connor McDavid, you talk to Leon Dreisler, they're going to say a Stanley Cup. I mean, it's Stanley Cup or bust. They, they're, you know, they're at the top of the of the sport for a reason, and they're the ultimate competitors. And anyone you talk to, you know, it, it's funny. Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid—they're all cut from the same cloth. You know, like all Nathan McKinnon, he, he was like an angry guy, and he seems a little bit less angry now because he's achieved something that he's spent his whole life trying to achieve. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize Connor McDavid as angry, but I would say he is uni-focused on winning a championship. He doesn't care about all these other personal accolades. And I, I really believe it when he doesn't like talking about the MVPs and the scoring records, et cetera. He doesn't want it. That's not what he's about. He wants to sit there and have Commissioner Bettman hand him the Stanley Cup and him hoist it over his head. That's what he's uni-focused on. So I think for them internally, it's Stanley Cup or bust. But I think from a bigger picture there are building blocks in place. You know, Matthias Ekholm has been a, a huge addition. The emergence of Stuart Skinner. It's funny, they, they brought in Jack Campbell to be that guy, and clearly that hasn't worked out. But now the emergence, hopefully for them, of Stuart Skinner to be that guy, uh, a good young goalie they control their rights to. Um, maybe he could be that pillar towards championships. So I do think, you know, it would be viewed as a, as a disappointment if they lose in the first round, albeit, you know, if they're playing you know, LA or Vegas in the first round, it's not going to be easy potentially unless they win the, unless they win the um, division. Um, I think, you know, anything short of kind of matching last year's success, getting to the conference final, winning a couple of hard fought rounds will probably be viewed externally as a bit of a disappointment as well. The Boston Bruins can clinch the president's trophy with a victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight, which is not bad. That's wacky um which team in the east is best positioned to knock off the boston bruins in the postseason oh man that's a great question oh that's a really good question i mean no one has had any level of great success against them this year um i might say the rangers okay and it's that i don't believe in the leafs or even tampa but goaltending would help yeah, I mean, listen, Shesterkin is starting to look like Vesna Shesterkin from last year. And they've added depth with Kane and Tarasenko. They've added some scoring depth there. Um, you know, I, I just think they're a good mix. I, listen, I'm a bit biased. I picked them as my preseason favorite to win the Cup. So I did that before Kane and Tarasenko, just knowing the makeup of the team and getting to watch them pretty closely through the playoffs last year. I just think they have that great mix of veterans, of scoring, and of good up-and-coming young stars, whether it's Adam Fox, Ke'Andre Miller, you know, Ryan Lindgren is this, you know, we talk about Rasmus Anderson in Calgary, and he's an absolute beast and a, and a force. Well, that's what Ryan Lindgren is for the Rangers. And you put him on a blue line where you have Truba, Fox, and Ke'Andre Miller. I mean, that's a formidable back end. We know they're scoring depth. I don't want to have to rattle through all the names, but you guys know who they have up front. Yeah. And then you have a world-class goalie. I mean, to me, that checks every box. So, I, you know, I would say right now, if there's a matchup, we might see an original six Eastern Conference final um, and Boston, New York Rangers, I don't think would disappoint at all. Oh, how dangerous are the Islanders? Because that's a team I have my eye on with Sorokin and Nat, and they just like to strangle the game. David Amber, how tough would the Islanders potentially be in the first round? Yeah, I, I think that's a dreaded matchup. Um, we've been talking about that a bit in some of the shows I do. And does anyone want to deal with that team? First of all, you have a team that went to the Eastern Conference Final um, back-to-back years a couple of years ago and just ran into a very good Tampa Bay team, uh, older team, veteran team, 
and with a, a star goalie. I mean, Ilya Sorokin is is like Shesterkin. Like, he is a, a an A1 goalie who can steal games. And, you know, they're just going to grind you out. And it's no one walks into a series against the Islanders and says, okay, this is going to be easy. And it's just not going to be. And you might ultimately beat them. I, I'm concerned about their lack of overall scoring. Yes, they got Horvat, and I imagine Barzell. I'm, I'm hopeful he'll be back sooner than later. But, you know, I don't think they scare you in that way. They're not going to run and gun you. But, man, oh, man, are they going to grind you. You know, you look up and you got seven games versus Matt Martin and Clutterbuck and all these guys. And, you know, Brock Nelson can shoot the lights out. It's, there's a lot to deal with there. And, um, and they've got the stud goalie. And I think they just have the, the veteran know-how. You know, um, you know the Palmieri's, etc. Pierre Engvall. Sorry, yeah. Engvall. <laughs> I know we laugh, you know, because <laughs> Engvall. You know, people were laughing like when he returned to Toronto. That people were saying, "What's the over/under on on hits?" You, you know, and everyone says, "Whatever it is, I'll take the under." You know that he delivers. <laughs> he's, he's a six foot five imposing figure, but he, you know, he doesn't certainly doesn't play that way. But he's found a way. You know, he's found a home in New York and he set a career high in goals this year. So it has worked on some level. They just wanted to get a bit faster and a bit more scoring. You, you don't want to face the Islanders. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say, I think they're going to win because even around, because look, they're either going to be playing Boston or probably, you know, probably Carolina. And I, I'm going to go with the two stud, you know, teams who are the, the division winners over New York, but it's going to be a series of attrition uh, and they're going to, you know, pound you. You're going to come out of there you know, battered and bruised, even if you win. Who do you think is going to trip, stumble, and fall into this eighth seed in the East? Well, I mean, Florida was on life support, really, and then, you know, the Leafs, uh, you know, gave them a little bit of life, and they took, you know, they took a little bit of life last night. I, um, I just don't think Buffalo or Ottawa defends well enough. So I'm, I'm kind of eliminating them. And I, it sounds like Shabbat now could be gone for the year and they're already missing Chikrin. So you're, you're asking a lot of an Ottawa team that, you know, with two young goalies and, and now they're missing their top two blue liners, essentially. That's, that's a lot to ask of them. Buffalo, you know, just hasn't shown me they can defend on a night-in, night-out basis as much as I like so many parts of their team. So I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to stick to, to uh, Pittsburgh. I they have Ooh. been unimpressive, and, and Tristan Jari is out, and that's an issue for them. But I, I've learned better than to bet against Sidney Crosby. It's kind of like betting against Tampa, right? Like, you bet against Tampa, it's your own demise. You know, yeah, oh, well, they, they looked a bit rusty this year. Okay, well, they still have Vasilevsky, Hedman, et cetera. And the same with Pittsburgh. At the end of the day, they still have Malkin, Latang, Crosby, um, and they have a lead, most importantly. I mean, it's a one-point lead and a one-game in hand. So they're in the driver's seat, and I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pick against them, um, even though they've been, as you, you know, suggested, pretty unimpressive in the last you know, month or so. Then would it be the, you know, to steal Daryl Sutter's quote again, waste of eight days? No, I would never say that. I, you know, I, I think... I mean, if they get the second wild card, it's Pittsburgh-Boston. Yeah, Boston is the prohibitive favorite and is the better team pretty much by any metric you're going to look at. Um, but I just, I just, you know, maybe it's my love of Sidney Crosby. I, I look at him <laughs> as a top five all-time player. I said this years ago, and I, was, I faced a bit of challenge, but I think as time goes by, we're seeing that Crosby is, is a top five player of all time. I, I can't see them getting swept by Boston. 
I, I certainly think Boston would win that series, but I, I don't see Sidney Crosby not winning a game, you know, leading his team to a game. So um, whoever faces Boston, it's going to be, it's not going to be fun, but I don't think it's to the level of the, the old Daryl Sutter, you know, pack up your bags, you're, you know, Boston in three, <laughs> one of those deals. Um, that'd be super fun to see the Penguins and Bruins potentially in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Greatest grinder of all time, Sidney Crosby, uh, David Amber. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Uh, David Amber, NHL on Sportsnet. Um, think about the 9-9 challenge when you go to a Blue Jays game, okay? You know what? I, that's not a bad one, and they've done these great renovations. I can't wait to uh, get out there. They, uh, What is it? Their home opener's not for another 10 days or something yeah. like that, so there's time for me to get my um, my uh, physical bo- my body ready for you know, yep. consuming nine beers, having nine hot dogs, potentially. <laughs> uh, they got the poutine dog, too. Maybe you should give that a whirl. <laughs> you let me, hey, Listen, George, you let me know how it goes, because I have a feeling when you ask me who could do this, I have a feeling you wanted me to say you. And I don't know if you could or not, but I have mm. a feeling that you're the kind of guy who's ready for that kind of challenge. Yeah, I. you know what? I, I Listen, I, I like challenges. Uh, you, not only you are the... one competitive son of a bit, uh, gun. <laughs> hey, so, whoa, uh... hey, hey, hey now. It's uh, 8.26 in the morning. Slow down. <laughs> live radio at its finest. <laughs> <Yeah>. Literally live <laughs> yes. radio. Um, so, yes, um, I would definitely uh, love that challenge. Uh, one day in the summer, David Amber, uh, maybe we, we get together and do it at the Blue Jay game, all right? It has to be a hot July day at the Rogers Center with that searing pavement with the roof open. You're going to be carrying me home if I drink that. Okay. All right. Piggybacks for everybody. You got to burn those calories somehow, though. Yep. Talk soon. Thanks for this. Take care, guys. Be well. There's David Amber um, from the NHL on Sportsnet um, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Straight ahead, Ben Wagner, the voice of the Blue Jays on the Sportsnet Radio Network. It's opening day. It's opening day. It's and uh, we'll do some text messages from our pal Texty McTexterson. Um, how invested are you in the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in, in, in this part of uh, the country? Uh-huh. As an Albertan, how invested are you in the Toronto Blue Jays? 960, 960. Name and location. We'll do that straight ahead. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. They got you covered for everything basementy, serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. Uh, Big Show More, Big Show Plus, Big Show XL. Premium? Big Show Hour 4 with Patty Dumont continues when we're done. Patrick, what do you got on the show today? I like this. Or no? Patrick? Patrick, are you alive? Are you okay? Is he listening? Pat, Pat, hey, 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 sorry, sorry. Hey, I'm here. Hey, hey. I was cutting some audio, guys. Hello? All right, sorry. I was, hey. just, I was just telling what you got coming up. Oh, coming yeah. Coming up on Big Show Mucho. Dallas Hart, co-founder of, uh, one of the co-founders of Dungeon Wrestling, a uh, big indie promotion here in Calgary. I uh, love to see it. So uh, we're going to talk with Dallas. I think that's coming up, what, the 7th? April 7th. The Pavilion? Next Friday, yeah. Okay. Call him in two minutes, Alex. I have heard that these are uh, a lot of fun. Okay, oh, from people around tremendous the show. Going to break down the card, get a little more uh, origin story behind Dungeon Wrestling, the brand, obviously, seeing his dad get uh, be honored as a forever a hitman. 
there a couple weeks back was uh, was pretty cool. So we'll dive yeah. into that. If your last name's Hart, uh, pretty much you know what you're doing with your life. Oh, I, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, you're wrestling. You're into wrestling. This is the town for it. And we talked about uh, WrestleMania, Hart, which Hart is this family weekend. Dungeon. Yeah, dude, this weekend I'm not going to watch. Okay, I have paid for a WrestleMania pay per view in my past. When I was like, it's on the Sportsnet Now 18? app. You don't have to pay for it. Oh, yeah. Would you look at that? There you go. WWE Network's connected there. There you go. I'm going to watch. You're watching now WrestleMania. I'm going to watch for sure. Um, ben Wagner, the voice of the Blue Jays in the Sportsnet Radio Network, uh, momentarily. Especially if John Cena is going to be there. Yeah. We're asking you on the text line 960 960, name and location. As an Albertan, uh-huh. as a Calgarian, we even got Wayne from Edmonton. Sorry, Wayne. Um, how invested are you in the Toronto Blue Jays? I feel like it's either hot and cold in this city. There's really no in between. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think one of the good things going for the Jays is that they're actually good, and I don't know if it moves the needle as much around here when they're bad. Yeah. I think people would just rather do other things with their time during the summer than watch a team get their teeth kicked in when you aren't... Like, this is the one thing I keep going back to, George. Like, when you're not able to actually physically go and watch the team without spending, like, a grand, well over a grand to do the flights and the tickets and the, everything like that. Yeah. If the team's not good, the investment drops okay. like a stone. That makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. Um, Blue Jays kick off their season this afternoon. We'll have it for you live right here on Sportsnet 960. Ben Wagner is the voice of the Jays on the Sportsnet Radio Network, and he joins us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Ben, how are you? It's opening day. I know. And you have a bad day when it's opening day. That's what I was going to ask you. Great day. I asked, uh, we had Shai Davidi on earlier uh, this week, and I asked him, hey, do you still get any butterflies? No, he's a cynical, jaded writer. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you? Where are you with the butterflies when it comes to opening day? Do you still get them? Uh, Yes. I'm going to float. Okay. uh, All day. I I, Honestly, the butterflies will make me float uh, today. It, I will be beaming with excitement and probably annoyingly giddy mm-hmm. when the Blue Jays also have their home opener and will be a Rogers Center to to watch all that unfold. Opening day, and I've been in baseball now. This is, I mean, this is nuts for me to say, but I've been in professional baseball now twenty years. Uh, I I absolutely love opening day. I loved it when I was twenty three years old. My first play by play gig in Lakewood, New Jersey where it was misty and cold and an awful day to be at the ballpark. I remember my first opening day in Buffalo. It was so cold. There was so much snow. The tarp froze to the field. I still loved that day. <laughs> and we didn't play for four days. We didn't play for four days. Yeah. Richmond never even came to the ballpark. I didn't care. I was going to the ballpark every That's day. Awesome. And it was going to be opening day, opening day, opening day. So I had like five opening days. <laughs> Five opening days my first year in Buffalo because, again, the first four were snowed out. Uh, finally got Ottawa to town, oddly enough. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I have been fortunate uh take COVID out of it, right, where that was a weird opener. Yeah. Uh, but I have been fortunate to have my opening days since winning the lottery with this job. They have all been at Rogers Center. So, you know, you get the opener of opening days. So that's always great. Um, you know, but, a- a- again – Opening day for me, it's the most fun because it takes all the work that you've done in the off season from a broadcast standpoint, the prep standpoint, the storyline, 
and um, you know all those early mornings grinding and standing in front of lockers and talking to guys and priorities uh, from from guys like Chris Bassett all the way down to Ricky Tiedemann and Simro Bears. Like you know, I, I'm I'm harnessing all of this information, and now we just get to hit this little green button, or in in our radio world, the little red button, and put it all in motion. I, I love this day. Um, I wanted to ask you from a, a broadcasting standpoint, now that the pitch clock is there and mm. what we've seen in spring training, uh, pardon the pun, absolute home run uh, for baseball with That's the pitch clock. Bad. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what, not, story time, Ben. Like, I don't think yeah. you'll have time for a lot of stories. to be like, whoa, whoa, a lot of action going on. You got to call all the action. Boom, innings over to the, to the commercials. Like, how do you anticipate maybe just calling games differently than maybe before? Because... Thankfully for all of us, more action and more of a pace to the game. I love it. First and foremost, um, I've had 30, 30 broadcasts uh, through spring training as my test drive to get ready for this, and it's different. I told um, Dan came down, I think, maybe like 10 games into the, into the regular or into spring training. I said, and he, had, he hadn't called a game yet with the pitch clock. And I said, guys, like, it's different. Like, hmm. You notice it right away. And story time, Ben, thankfully, will be a more condensed story time, Ben. Like <laughs> words, words matter, you know, and you have to be succinct. And it was definitely a different rhythm. It's a different cadence to the game. And, you know, some of the minutia that I really enjoy sharing on the broadcast, uh, I, I love that aspect of baseball, it, you know, the connection and the stories and kind of weaving everything together. I love that part of the broadcast to begin with, uh, but you are much more aware of the pace of play that now the batters and the pitchers certainly are going to be accustomed to. And I loved it because Major League Baseball did not allow any grace period. It was, yeah. this is how we're doing it from yep. day one. And it made a significant difference in in every aspect of spring training. And I think it's going to be a huge, huge win for Major League Baseball and most importantly, uh, our viewers, our listeners, and fans of Major League Baseball. Ben, what is your go-to story that you've always had in the holster in case there's an extra super long pitching change or a rain delay? What's the Ben Wagner story you always have there in your hip pocket ready to unleash it on the listeners occasionally? Oh, man. Um you know, I mean, we can always tell war stories, right? Um, <laughs> I, I, I get, you know, I, I was, <laughs> I was prepared if it was going to snow in St. Louis to do a deeper dive, and I kind of, I kind of teed it up right there, right? Like my first year in Buffalo, 2007, mm -hmm. where the weather, weather issues are always easy, right? It's like when you call your parents. Oh man, we ran out of things yeah. to talk about. Guess what comes up? We're going to talk about the weather. <laughs> it's one of those things. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think. I don't have it right in the holster right now being put on the spot. Um, I always have something teed up around like the player that is the big topic at the time. Right. Um, if it, if it was last September, my, my extra bullet in the chamber would have been Bo Bichette. Right. And deep dive conversations that I've had with Bo that allow um, you know, standing on the field, first and foremost, I mean, I go right to the source. Uh, I don't, I don't mess around. You know, I, I, I go right to the source and I ask the players because that's where you get all the accurate and uh, all the good stuff. So, you know, it's a little bit of, of situational awareness 
Um, I had a really good, you know, if it is that case, I've got stuff that I haven't shared about Alec Manoa, you know, for today. If, if we see a couple of things work in his favor, maybe not work in his favor, I've got him ready to go on Manoa. Um, because, you know, to waste some of those stories in spring training is kind of, you just punt it into the abyss. Um, now, now it matters. Now it matters, you know, where you can make this impact. Certainly is an abyss. That's uh, I like the use of the word there. Um, the big thing, the big two words we heard going into the offseason for the Blue Jays was run prevention. Based on everything that you've seen through spring training, what's going to be the biggest factor in the Jays actually doing that, preventing more runs this year? Their outfield, Dalton Varsho, Kevin Kiermeyer, and George Springer. Three Ferraris out there. That's the buzzword that John Schneider used mm. when I said, what is the best scenario? What is your best outfield? And he said, fire him up and let him run. And, and with shift prevention down on the infield, Blue Jays last year were so aggressive in how they were placing Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And in the middle of that, are you shading George Springer? Now you've got three outstanding outfielders. Outstanding. Um, I am not married to the, to the Whit Merrifield, Kevin Biggio going to the corner to help matchups and that kind of stuff. I just think the better outfield and run prevention is the most important thing that we've heard now for months about the Blue Jays and teeing up their success. So the outfield certainly, and who hits at second base? Santiago Espinal gives the Blue Jays the best glove up the middle, working with Bo Bichette. You know, Whit Merrifield is not as fast and does not cover ground like he used to. Uh, Kevin Biggio is obviously in that. So does a bat win a job at second base? And will the offense win out over, you know, that, that defensive metric in a given matchup? Alec Manoa, going to get the start today. I was just looking up his odds to win the Cy Young. What do you think about him uh, kind of being one of those guys – in the American League that at the end of the year we're all looking as uh, one of the top pitchers in this league. I like where Alec Manoa has been, where, um, you know, he has not had a sophomore slump. You know, let's be very honest. He had a lot of success, and when games were more and more magnified last year, he continued to pitch better. He has an incredible amount of confidence, which he should. Uh I have a couple of concerns because I looked at fastball velocity through spring training and it was really down. And last year in the big leagues, when his fastball velocity was down, the numbers for the opponents jump up average on base, like every metric will sting Alec Manoa if he doesn't have that extra life on the fastball. So um, I'm really interested to see now that the adrenaline is going to be pumping. Do you get an extra click or two on the fastball? Then then that stuff becomes electric, like we know it, right? That we remember it being with Alec Manoa and the splash that he made over the last now year and a half, almost two years with Manoa. So I don't think that that's dumb money to play, right? If you say Alec Manoa is going to win Cy Young, but there's also another guy that might win a Cy Young and had an amazing spring in Kevin Gosman. Um, uh, but, but, you know, for Alec, for Alec, he's got to get a couple of things lined up and synced up right away harness that slider especially against really good right-handed hitters that you're going to have a lot in the division and i want to see that two-seamer i want that i want that two-seamer to play on both sides of the plate and i think if he's got two, those two things working it'll be a really really good start to the year for him uh ben what what is a good year for vladimir guerrero jr 
Well, I don't know that he's ever going to have a year with the expectations where fans walk away saying, wow, that was a great year for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, what What is a great year for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and what he provides to the lineup? Is he going to be a threat every time he steps into the batter's box? You know, we've we've seen Vladdy kind of get out of sync and top a lot of balls, beat it into the ground. For me, if you can get Vladdy somewhere in the range of 70, let's call it, eh, you know, I'll say 80. I'll be on the aggressive side. Give me 80 extra base hits for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay. That's what I want to see. And now he has the ability to win a batting title too. Like he can hit for average. Let's, let's see, you know, it's, it's not all or nothing with Vlad. He makes a lot of contact. Um, and I don't care where the extra bases come from. Like if he has 50 doubles and 20 home runs, you know, there's the 70, right. And then sprinkle in however else that metric slides. Uh, I think though, with this lineup, the speed and knowing that they want to be more aggressive on the bases. I want to see Vlad focus on line drives and spram all over the ballpark. And absolutely. If you look at 80 extra base hits, if you look at maybe, I don't know, 40 walks, something like that. And like somewhere in the two eighties with an average, maybe up to 300. I think that is a phenomenal season for Vladimir Guerrero jr. Um, ben, before I let you go, uh, for our listeners who uh, who don't know, you're a diehard Indianapolis Colts fan. Oh. And there's some whispers out there, Ben, that maybe Grass they're in on up. Lamar Jackson. Oh. Your thoughts on maybe getting the Baltimore quarterback to Indy? Uh, that is very interesting because it's – that's really interesting. I've, I've been so hyper-focused on Blue Jays baseball. You're I, have, I have not even got these whispers. That's, that's great. Um, but – the Colts, <laughs> the Colts now for a decade have been trying to figure out the most important position in the NFL, and it has not gone well. So is this the answer? I, I want to know if the same evaluators are making the call on this as, as some of the other ones. Uh, but I will say I'm more, I'm more enthused about hearing Lamar Jackson as a potential uh, Indianapolis Colt than I was any of the other names going back, you know, eight to ten years. There you go. So thanks for that. Thanks for that shot in the arm today. No That's problem. Awesome. Uh, you're already like excited. You it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a little more uh, pep in your step uh, before you call the game. Ben, terrific stuff. We'll be catching up with you throughout the year. Thanks for this. Have a great call today. Sounds great. Hey, thank you so much. Happy opening day, everybody. There it is. Uh, ben Wagner um, calls the Blue Jays for the Sportsnet Radio Network on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403-248-3344. Got about five minutes to go before we hand things over to Patty Dumas and Alex for more Big Show. Um, we've been asking you on the text line, 960-960, um, how invested are you as an Albertan, a Calgarian on the Toronto Blue Jays? Because today, of course, is opening day, and we have it for you live right here, 2 p.m., Jays at Cardinals. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, of course, is texting McTexterson. Oh, Patrick, what do we got? Mike in the fail. Good morning, fellas. I didn't like George at the beginning either. Now, I'm still up in the air. LOL, all in on the Jays. Can't wait for first pitch. Flames playoff games and Jays. I love this time of year. Keep it positive. Gleeful George. Okay. Almost. He's not a big fan of mine at the beginning of the show, and now he's warmed up to me a little bit, I guess. There's a lot to unpack there. Which is fine. 
Um, but yeah, uh, it is a great time of year. Uh, baseball opening day, the Masters around the corner. Next this time, week. my Stanley birthday. Cup play- your yeah, your your birthday. Stanley Cup playoffs around the court. The World Championships. Final Four. For which sport? Final Four. Hockey World Championships. Oh yeah, sure. That nobody really cares about. Yeah, but there's lots going on. The Final Four, like this in October. This is the two best time of year. Times where it's it's good. It's especially, a great, it's a great this, time for a sport. NFL drafts in like a month. The yeah. spring is getting sprung. It sure is. There's flowers and grass and stuff. Yeah. I don't know about flowers. Leafs. I don't know. Tanner in Airdrie. <laughs> Morning, boys. Usually don't watch all the Jays, but if boys are cruising and playing well, I'll subscribe my Sportsnet app again. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Exactly what you were saying. Told you. Like I like I said, man. Like, and this is—I don't know if everybody feels this way, but for me, if it's a live sporting event, there's not really like I'll go watch basically anything. If it's a live sporting event, especially if they're serving alcohol, and I can go with some pals. Yeah, you love Hitman Wranglers. I love it all. Cavalry, Roughnecks. I'm very excited to watch the Surge when they come to Calgary this summer. Yep. Starting up in May here. So, yeah, I love all that type of stuff. But that's the thing. Like, if you can't see the Blue Jays live when they're getting shelled by the Angels or whatever, then is it really does move the knee. Ethan in High River. Big Blue Jays fan. Catch as many games as I can, and if I miss it, it's Blue Jays in 30. Mm. Flames and Raptors. Then Stamps. Jays. Hitman. Roughnecks. Thank goodness I have a sports-loving wife. Um, also important Blue Jays game, summer barbecue, throw on in the background. Yeah, money. sure. No problem. Money. Yeah, dude. Like it's, it's one of those things where, and I personally, you know, given the schedule, I love a good afternoon game, uh, especially around this time of year when the hockey is still on and all that type of stuff. I kind of like to leave my hockey in the night and do the, the baseball during the day. Like today's perfect time to hey, watch Jays. Dude, it's. Starting at two o'clock. Yep, and then it's going to be hockey puck all night long. It's going to be glorious afternoon games too. Ah, uh, there you go. The more you know. There you go. Ding ding ding. Tony, the old goalie, <laughs> scenic acres, Calgary. Huge baseball fan. I listen to your show most mornings six fifteen to seven. I watch Sportsnet highlights every morning five a.m. Unfortunately, I work 12 HR shifts, so I can only watch the Jays on weekends. Mm-hmm. I've played baseball now for 56 years. I still play baseball, not freaking slow pitch. <laughs> I will play in the over 53 World Series again this year in FT Myers, Florida. Wow. This year's Jays team is very interesting. Looking forward to how it shakes out. What an arbitrary number for World Series, though. Over 53? Yeah. yeah. Tony, the old goalie, in the over... And he's got to be... I don't know. He says he's been playing baseball for 56 years. I bet she's got a cannon with an arm. I, Tony, I want to know what you play. I yep. want to know what your batting average is. Yep. I want to know if you're more of a get on base and then maybe steal a, steal a bag and just get the run across. Or are you, you know, are, hit, are you like hitting clean up and getting like everybody a, home? Are you like a Pete Rose type? Yeah. Are you slapping on those, your own games? Like Charlie I, Hustle? Yeah. Slapping those singles? Yeah. Hey. Are you a bunt specialist just laying down yeah. bunts down the third base line? I Maybe. need to know, Tony. Yeah. Also Jeff. an old goalie. Congrats to him yep. because that's not easy on the knees. Jeff, Mackenzie Town, I bleed blue, J blue, was in the stadium when Joe Carter got the home run and Ooh. I've been waiting 30 YRS for another great team. 
This is the year. As soon as the Flames are out of the playoff hunt, it's all Jays every day. Go Jays, go. Okay. Go Flames, go. It's the one thing that if you are a Jays fan, every day, like three, four days off off a month, that's all you get. And that's one of the beauties of baseball. But it can also be one of the kind of detriments to baseball as it can drag it sometimes. Uh, Jays and Cardinals today, 2 p.m. right here on Sportsnet 960, followed by Flames Talk with our man Pat Steinberg. Uh, Flames back at it tomorrow night in Vancouver against the Canucks. We'll tee that up for you tomorrow. Don't forget, we got a voicemail line. Uh, we love to hear from you. Give it a call, 403-407-0238. You know what would be a perfect time to call it? After you've had a couple pints watching the Blue Jays game. Yep, 403-4070-BET. That's probably easier to remember. 4070-BET. 403-4070-BET. Uh, that's it for us. Um, more big show straight ahead with Patrick Dumont and Alex Brody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.